Welcome to the Soul First Podcast with your host, Anastasia Burtnick. I am a spiritual life coach, energy healer, and conduit for spirit. My mission is to help you see and experience your life from a soul first perspective, where you lead with your heart, your soul, and your divine gifts. We are here in this lifetime, living a beautifully human experience. And even with its challenges and lessons, our lives are nothing less than extraordinary. Let's change our worlds together, bringing darkness to light, healing to the world, and love into the hearts of many. So take a breath, open your heart, and let's dive in. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. And as you will see over the next little bit, um, my intro is no longer the Soul Service podcast. And I actually don't have an intro today. Um, I don't know if I'll have one for the next episode either. I'm just getting it remixed. But I'm going through this beautiful rebrand. So we are officially closing off the chapter of the Soul Service podcast and beautifully welcoming in the Soul First podcast. A little bit of a change, but there's a huge energetic difference between the two. So I just want to talk a little bit about the shift into soul first before I dive into today's episode, which is going to be all about my experience at the Earth Daughters Festival. And I'm so excited to tell you about that. That's been on my heart for a little bit here as I've been integrating after coming back. So the Soul First podcast, yay! Um, This has been such a beautiful thing that I've been shifting and moving into. So over the past year especially, Spirit has been telling me essentially that there are going to be shifts happening and I have had to sit and wait. (laughs) And it has been a beautiful period of not knowing. And it has also been frustrating. Um, If any of you, and I'm sure you have, but if any of you have ever been in a a place where you don't know what's coming or like what it's going to look like, but you know that something is changing and it's going to be good, but you're just like waiting for the details to come into place. And you're sitting in that kind of anxious place and, and you just want things to get moving, but you just have to sit with it and let it be. That is the energy I've been in over the past year, especially, but also starting really in February. And that uh, back in February is when I started working with the Akashic Records, which is essentially an energetic written record of absolutely everything in time and space, all of your soul's moments, lessons, lifetimes, just everything and things happening in the world. It's it's really beautiful and really powerful. There's also healing components to it. So that is something that I've been working and studying deeply and I'm now offering as well. But through that process is where I had to essentially shift and let go of those old energies because they didn't make sense anymore. They just there's nothing wrong with them. They just weren't aligned. And 
as I'm coming into this new season, I knew that this change needed to happen. And I I really didn't know what it was going to look like. I didn't know that I was going to rebrand. I didn't know that my podcast name was going to change all of these things, but it beautifully fell into place. So soul first, the soul first podcast, soul first healing and coaching. What does that mean? Well, the mission, the energy, the meaning behind it is to teach you how to live your life from a soul first perspective. You know, so often we are leading our lives just from a place of autopilot, of full humanness, of ego, of wounds, and even just simple joys, but not being fully present in things where we might take the time to notice how beautiful the world is or the even the beauty and the challenges maybe, but for the most part, we're getting caught up in just the everyday mundane. Now where living your life soul first comes in is having a deeper connection with this life that we are living, with spirit itself, with our own souls, with our own hearts, with our gifts, with the world around us, nature, the the lessons we experience, the people we meet, just absolutely everything. And when we live from that soul first energy, from that perspective, our lives shift because it is almost impossible for us to not see the lessons and the beauty and the the joy and just the wonder of everyday life, to not have reverence for that. So it really is about having reverence and experiencing life on a deeper level. When we are living soul first, we have that deep awareness. We have that deeper presence. We can take time to stop and slow down and notice what we are being asked of or what is being asked of us, what we are being shown, what it is that we are seeing, like what it is that we are experiencing. And it doesn't mean that it's always going to be happy-go-lucky. It's not about ignoring the shadows or the challenges. It's about embracing all of this life. And truly, all of our life is beautiful, including the challenges, the traumas, the lessons, because they are here for a reason. We are experiencing them for a reason. And that can be hard to accept depending on where you are at within your healing journey but we are here for a reason and we are experiencing these things for a reason our souls signed up to live the life that we are living and yes there are many paths that we can take and sometimes for whatever reason we choose to take a harder path whether it's consciously or not and that's okay and there again there's beauty in that. And we can have reverence for that. And living soul first allows you to step out of the chaos and the storm to come back into soul, to come back into the observer, to understand what is happening, why things are happening, what is the truth of things. So that is a little bit about what soul first is. It's really leading with your soul, really leading with your heart. 
having that deeper wisdom and knowledge flow through you at all times so that you are not feeling really disconnected, so that you are not getting caught up in the chaos of things and the ego of things, and you have that deeper understanding. And you can be at peace with the fact that it hurts. You can be at peace with the fact that it's joyful. You can be at peace with the fact that you may be scared or something is challenging. And you can be at peace with the fact that it's also easy and fun and exciting. It is being at full peace and oneness with life. So that is living soul first. So now on to the Earth Daughters Festival. Um, ah, Okay, so if you haven't been watching my stories on Instagram, the Earth Daughters Festival was a spiritual festival, um, and it was a women's only event, and it took place in Saskatchewan, and this is the first year they ever did this, and it was basically a two and a half day festival, and it was full of workshops, and just, it was basically 200 women coming together. And it was from all walks of life. There were women in their maiden phase in their mother phase with their nurslings, um, in their crone phase. Like it was just beautiful, just so beautiful. And also in their mega phase. Cause that's also another phase that is not very talked about. Um, but it was, ah, uh, it was just so incredible. I ended up going with a very dear friend of mine and I also met new friends there, which is, now just probably going to be a lifelong relationship that I'm really grateful for. And there were definitely challenges. There were definitely challenges. So the way that the festival was set up, like I said, it was a two and a half day festival. So the we arrived on Friday and then we drove home on Sunday. And actually, technically, we drove to my friend's cabin um, the day before so that we would have a shorter drive rather than driving seven hours at once. And then we went back to her cabin the Sunday night and then I drove home um, Monday morning. And that just gave me a little bit of time to decompress and kind of come back to the world, even though I ended up taking uh, basically an entire week of integration, which... I will talk about in and of itself. Um, but the the festival was two and a half days. And it was, um, we were tenting outside, so camping and, and everything. And we did have access to power and stuff, which was nice. Um, but it was mostly like roughing it <laughs> kind of thing. So it was, uh, it was very interesting. Um, the first day, we had, uh, I had brought a jug of water, like one of the like 18, 18 gallon jugs. And it ended up because it was so windy, like we'd put it in the tent and we'd had one of those pumps on it. And because it was so windy, even though it was in the tent, the wind blew it over in the tent and it ended up, um, water was everywhere. We lost half the jug. So about nine gallons just spilled and, I was, <laughs> I was not having it. So, uh, my friend was in the middle of one of the workshops and I had come back right before a workshop, um, cause I wanted to change and put on something warmer and yeah, it had spilled over. So things were wet, um, towels ended up getting wet, bedding ended up getting wet and I wanted to cry. 
I did. And I was, and it was just, it was a whole, it was a whole thing. So I spent, I ended up missing most of a workshop and cleaning it up. And I was just, it was day one and I was already like done, (laughs) but what, for whatever reason that happened, I don't know, but apparently I wasn't meant to do an entire, um, an entire workshop on uh, curtain chanting at that point. Uh, but I did get to catch the tail end of it, which was good. And then just had to go, go with the flow. Like things are not always going to work out and I could have let it ruin everything like part of me wanted to, um, or I could have just cleaned up and figured it out and did my best. And that's exactly what I did. So thankfully the way that the bedding and stuff got wet, it was only the very kind of bottom and mostly on the, um, mostly on the, just like actually under the mattresses, um, that kind of soaked into, into stuff. So thankfully it wasn't like the entire bed sopping wet while it was super windy and cold that first day. Um, and then, yeah, just like I was hanging things in my car doors and all the things. So anyway, it was interesting, but from there it was beautiful. From there, it was beautiful. And at that point in time, so I was extra sensitive during this festival. Um, and I will talk about this uh, in a future episode, but I had just experienced an early birth um, miscarriage. And it was it was a very difficult time. Um, and let me just prep. And I, like I said, I'll go into this in further detail um, in another episode, uh, all about spirit babes, early births, things like that. Um, but I'm not in. I'm not in the uh, the energy of conscious conception, trying anything like that. But this was the first time that I was very excited, um, and I know all the reasons um, as to why that spirit babe did not stick around. Um, But it was still, I mean, human me, it was still incredibly difficult to experience. And I'm very thankful that the festival happened when it did um, because it offered me this beautiful space to heal um, and just receive and be. And, you know, being a, a coach and a healer and then just the person that I am, I am almost always in a space of holding space for people, whether it's in a healing capacity, whether it's in a friendship capacity, a family capacity, whatever it is, it is not very often that I get to ask for and fully receive healing of my own um, from someone else. I do a lot myself. So having the festival at this time was deeply, deeply healing. And one of the things that I had the honor of experiencing was called the closing of the bones ceremony. And the closing of the bones ceremony is essentially for any woman who has ever had a babe within her body, whether that babe has been brought earthside or not. And this ceremony should be done with each pregnancy. So essentially what the ceremony is, is it's an honoring of the journey into motherhood. 
And again, it doesn't energetically, it doesn't matter. There's no difference between whether you have birthed a live babe into this world or not. Um, with any pregnancy, you embody motherhood and that lives within the cells of your body, within your bones. So this ceremony was about closing off that chapter and that essentially portal of energy. And again, with each pregnancy, this is something that every woman, it's it's their rite of passage to experience is that closing of each portal. So I had the honor of both receiving and then also facilitating within the ceremony itself. So I was able to hold that space um, for a dear friend of mine who is in her first year of postpartum or just actually just over her first year. Um, her little one is, I think he's 14 months at that point. Don't quote me on that. Um, about 14 months though. And uh, I had the honor of holding her through the ceremony and, and closing her bones essentially as she went through that. And then um, she beautifully held for me as well as I allowed myself to receive. And the ceremony itself started and it was, it was beautiful because the beginning of it, um, all women were were taking part. So we gave um we gave ourselves massage, so abdominal massage. And we used moxa over our womb spaces. And moxa is a um it's a combustion herb, not yeah, it's a combustion combustion herb. So it's actually dried mugwort. And it's very good for healing injuries, um, for inflammation and things like that. There's also a lot of um energetics behind it. And that's uh it's largely used in Chinese, uh, traditional Chinese medicine. So we we burned moxa over our our womb spaces to bring about healing, to bring about ease, um, to cleanse the energy. And then the actual closing of the bones. So essentially, we used wraps and we would wrap the hips of the women that were receiving and we would wrap their heads and their, and their third eyes covering their physical eyes. And it was beautiful because it was about closing that extra, kind of the extra portal and third eye energy and coming back into oneself and, and reclaiming that, that outward intuition and bringing it back within and the closing of the closing of and wrapping of the hips was beautiful. And again, it's about closing the portal of life and closing the bones. Um, and physically with pregnancy, our, our bones and our pelvis kind of opens and, and, and stretches to make room for babe to come through, to grow. And by bringing back and wrapping that and closing that it's, it's, it's closing the portal. It's, it's honoring the, 
birth and death cycle so that birth can once again happen. So it was just really, it was just really beautiful. And some of the things that I experienced during my receiving was a deep release of grief, of fear, of mistrust, of loss, of yearning, of all, just all of the different emotions. And as I was being held, um, I just allowed my body to shake and to sob and to experience whatever it was that needed to come through and needed to be heard and understood and released. And each woman's journey through this was individual. And I can guarantee you, if you talk to a friend of mine, her experience would be incredibly different from mine because we needed different things during this ceremony. But it was very potent. And something else that was incredibly healing for me is the fact that even though I haven't physically birthed a babe into this world and every pregnancy I have had has ended in an early birth, um, I was not excluded from it. And I was just as worthy of and deserving of receiving that healing as any mother who has birthed a babe into the world. So that in itself was incredibly healing. And for anyone who has experienced early births, know that you are just as much a mother, even though you may not have a child currently in this world and that and they are existing in the spirit world there is no difference and your intuition is just as strong your body knew exactly what needed to happen um your body knew exactly what to do and there is nothing wrong with your body in any way whatsoever if you've experienced an early birth. So that was the closing of the bones. And it was just, it was just really beautiful. And I am so grateful that spirit and the beautiful women that were facilitating the ceremony itself and and we're guiding it we're there to guide to give and all of the women that stepped up to hold one another it was just it was really beautiful and you know witnessing women from all walks of life coming together to support one another, to love one another, even though we don't know one another. That's such a gift. And it's so 
incredibly important. Now, with the Earth Daughters Festival, something that I really loved and appreciated, and I'm hoping to have her on the podcast as a guest as well, um, but we talked a lot about preserving women's spaces. And in today's day and age, women are very much being erased. So this women's festival was a women's festival, a woman. There is only one thing that is a woman, and that is a biological woman. While I respect people's individual choices and journeys, a man cannot be a woman, nor can a woman be a man. It, it just doesn't happen. So this was not a LGBTQ plus friendly environment really, because it was only for biological women. The purpose of that was to create a sacred and safe space for women to be. And without getting into it too much, even if somebody identifies as a gender opposite to what they were born, they will never have the experience or the ability to actually know what it means to be a woman. And it is incredibly important to preserve the sacredness of what a woman is. And a woman is not just about having breasts and looking feminine or dancing around or whatever <laughs> whatever it is that people are perceiving nowadays, there is a sacredness to what it means to be a woman. We carry creation energy, whether we birth a physical babe or not. Our creation energy is entirely different from a man. Our intuition is entirely different from a man's. Our community, our heart-to-heart -heart connection, the way our bodies connect with one another, our, our moon cycles, our lineages, the power of being a woman is solely for women. And a man will never be able to understand that. So despite the hate that the founders of the festival got, they stood fast in preserving the sacredness and sanctity of a woman's space. And I'll be very honest, I would not have felt safe, nor would I have been able to open and heal in the way that I did had there been men there. no matter what their beliefs. Because there is a safety 
in being held by other women. There is a sacredness that you can only know when connecting soul to soul with other women. So I'm very grateful that they preserved that space because it allowed deep connection, deep healing for all of the women there. Now, another workshop that we did that was probably the most potent for me with closing the bones, closing of the bones coming in a very close second was the alchemizing rage workshop. And it's funny because there was another thing that I wanted to go to at that time. And I asked spirit because I was very torn between the two and I asked spirit, which one? because I had resistance to the alchemizing rage workshop. Cause I, I didn't know what it was going to be, but I had a feeling there was going to be releasing of rage and that makes me very uncomfortable. I don't like to be angry. I don't like to be messy. Um, you know, even crying and, and grieving and letting go in the way that I did of closing the bones in front of people was very vulnerable for me. And I was in an incredibly vulnerable space. So the alchemizing rage, I, I had to ask spirit. I, I was like, do I need to, do I have to go to this or wh which workshop is right for me? And it was just hundred percent alchemizing rage. Okay. Well, do I really need to go? Yes. Do I need to record this other session? No. Um, so I, I just trusted it. I just, I went with it and trusted it. Now this was incredibly, incredibly potent. And this is where also that sense of safety really comes in because to be, to let down your guard and to be as deeply wild and feral and guttural and just vicious and messy and destructive and creative all in the same place that is only the feminine's gift and again the masculine men will never experience our rage in the way that we can it will never happen. And again, had there been men there, I would not have felt safe to open. But I was surrounded by women. And I don't even know, there may have been at least 50 women in this particular workshop, maybe more. And we opened with a meditation. We opened in in a circle in ceremony. And then we were guided through. And then from once we started releasing and feeling the rage and moving it through our bodies and really feeling it, 
it was beautiful to watch, even though I wasn't really watching, but you can't help but witness. But it was beautiful to witness women feeling and letting go of everything that they held on to. Oh, you know, I could, I knew that there were women that were scared to let go, but the more of us that let go, the more others stepped in and felt brave. And it started, we were playing music and we just started moving our bodies and we started dancing and grunting and yelling and screaming. And there were times I was stomping the ground and I was punching the air and I was sobbing and then I was screaming. And there were many times when we yelled things like, fuck the government and, you know, <laughs> you know, fuck vaccine mandates and passes and <laughs> fuck the patriarchy and fuck this guy and whatever needed to come out and claiming it was claiming our power that we are sovereign we are women we are powerful and we no one can take our power from us and they try to burn us and we have risen again and whatever it is that was in our souls that needed to come out it came out and it was just so powerful. And, you know, there were times when, you know, I had to sit on the ground and ground myself. And then there were times when I was on the ground on four knees and just my the way that my body was moving, it felt like I was birthing rage out of me because it was guttural and it was primal. And there is nothing I have ever experienced that was like that. And I felt rage and grief and judgment and everything that needed to be released from decades and probably even longer, probably other lifetimes to come up, be felt, be witnessed, be honored and be release so that it gets the fuck out of my body. Oh, it, it was so powerful. And I can't even tell you how light I felt after. I felt so light. It felt like like eons of heaviness that I had been carrying left. I felt physically lighter. I felt energetically lighter. I felt emotionally lighter. And the deep sense of peace that came after that was so incredibly potent. And the fact that I was not alone in experiencing this, that I had at least 50 other women around me letting go themselves, 
dancing and punching and running, screaming and sobbing, holding each other and doing whatever it is that they needed to do in this beautiful, safe space. There is no other experience like it. There is no other experience like it. And once we came back and we we grounded, we all came together and we held hands and we created this beautiful ball of energy that we put up into the sky so that when we were ready to leave the festival, we could receive that energy to bring it home with us. And it was so beautiful on top of everything to witness that closing because all of our bodies, all of our souls, our heartbeats, our breath, they were in sync with one another. We didn't have to be guided to make certain sounds, but we all made the same sound. We breathed. Mm, mm, mm. We breathed and we sighed and we let that energy build. We let it come up. And we were so unified. It was incredible. It was incredible. Oh, I can still feel the energy of that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can feel it still. I just retapped into all all of the all of the energy from that specific workshop. You know, this is something that this this festival is something that they want to have every year. Next year is probably going to be in BC, which I love BC, so I'm excited about that. Um, but it was just it was really beautiful, and we had talks about raising wildlings so raising your children outside of the school system outside of the bullshit of all of the the governmental systems we talked about raising them differently bringing them back to the land and to spirit we learned about our cycles and conscious contraception. I even learned new things and I thought I basically knew everything about my cycles, but I learned that even more of the things that we were taught in school about our bodies were wrong. And, you know, it's so interesting. So a, a reflection that came through was not to call it a menstrual cycle, but actually to call it an ovulatory cycle because menstruation is not the be-all, end-all of a cycle. It's not the pinnacle. The pinnacle is ovulation because that's when all of our hormones are beautifully rising and dancing together and they're at their peak. And then we either carry on with pregnancy or we carry on to menstruation. That's, that's the death and the birth cycle. 
but everything leads to that pinnacle of ovulation. So it's really an ovulatory cycle. There's, there's so many things that were these beautiful reflections. You know, I learned about the art of beekeeping and I'm actually going to deeply research that this winter. I might have bees in the city because I'm allowed to. Um, stupid that we can't have chickens, but anyway, yeah, Winnipeg, <laughs> but you know, there's so many, so many beautiful things, you know, how the bees are truly and a symbol of the feminine and the power of the feminine and how the feminine is not lazy and the feminine energy itself is not lazy you know there is a part of the energy of the feminine where it is rest and it is just receiving but it's also creation and destruction and the fullness of life and you can't have all of this fullness and things coming to fruition and you know forward movement without the feminine Yes, the masculine is our structure. It is our direction. But the feminine is what fills it up. So the feminine is not just resting and eating grapes. <laughs> that kind of energy. It encompasses absolutely everything in life. And, and beads are a beautiful example of that. They will fight and they will die for what they believe in. They will die to protect their young, their queen. They feed one another. They take care of one another. They go out and they work and they experience the world to nurture, to provide. And they work in this beautiful harmony. You can understand what a hive is feeling by their sounds, by their communication. And the feminine is in charge of communication. So even something like the art of beekeeping is truly for women. Yet it's been taken over by men, by the masculine. And you know, commercial beekeeping is not great. They abuse bees. They don't respect them. Just like the world is not respecting the feminine. So they are a reflection of us. There's so many things that this festival provided. We got to be together. We got to witness one another. We got to come back into our bodies. We got to slow down and also speed up at times because Friday was very busy, very back to back. You know, we came together and we sang. We sang songs together. We held hands together. We danced together. Those are healing medicines as old as time. And if you've never experienced that, you need to. And if you have a chance to experience that, jump at it. 
because it is sacred. It is truly as old as time, women coming together. And, you know, it was really beautiful because there were mothers at the festival who brought their nurslings, their little babes. So there were babies and there were little toddlers that were still nursing that were running around and it was safe and no one was worrying about wearing shoes. No one was worrying about if, you know, if their child ate a piece of grass. We were all together in community. And when a child came up to you as a stranger and gave you a hug, you, you hugged that child because we were sisters together. We were a family. And those are the old ways. Those are the old ways. You know, when people say it takes a village, this is what village is. It is coming together. And it was really beautiful to witness women being so comfortable in their bodies. And again, this is part of the fact that we had a safe space for women only. We had two evenings of ecstatic dance, Friday and Saturday. And around Saturday, we lit a larger fire. And there were women who took their tops off, bared their breasts, and danced around the fire with no worries, no shame, they danced with abandon and and this purity and wildness. That's one regret I have is not joining in on that. But that's okay because I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready yet. But there are women and they're, they didn't have the perfect bodies that society tells us we must have. They didn't have the perfect breasts that society tells us we must have. They were just themselves and that in itself is perfect. And they danced with abandon. They let themselves be wild. We all let ourselves at some point in some way be wild. And to see mothers feeding their babes with no judgment. And it's so interesting because as we were driving up, we had stopped in, in Yorkton, which was about 20, 25 minutes away from the festival site. And my friend was breastfeeding her son um, on the curb because we'd stopped at the gas station while she was waiting for me to get back to the car. And some, some woman, um, was very judgmental and started yelling at her to put her titties away and things like that and shaming her for feeding her son. So we went from that experience and that energy into just this beautiful place where there was no judgment and there was safety and there was acceptance and there was unity 
and there was village and it was so beautiful we weren't we weren't judging each other about our bodies we weren't judging each other about our choices we were together with love and oneness and respect for one another and that is something that we are lacking today so it was just it was beautiful all around and you know even something like ecstatic dance which is you just moving however it is that your body wants to move to that music however you want to dance whether you're just rocking on the ground whether you are going wild doesn't matter even that was amazing because i i let myself go more than i'd ever let myself go and then the next day was the rage workshop and i went oh i went i went super deep <laughs> but it opened me and it was beautiful and it was fun and we howled at the moon and even that raising our voices and howling and yelling and 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 singing together just the power and the energy of that the potency it was incredible and it was healing I can 100% guarantee you that I'm going to carry the energetic imprint of that experience throughout the rest of my life and throughout lifetimes. It was a festival of remembering. Of remembering the old ways. Of remembering what is important. And of letting go of all of the bullshit of life. It was just incredible. And I mean, there were, there were other amazing, other amazing workshops. I mean, we, we talked about, you know, touching our bodies and actually getting in tune with our bodies. We, there was, I, I didn't get to go to this one um, cause it was at, at the same time as uh, the closing of the bones, but there was a, a monarchy reclamation, which is our first period. Um, you know, there was female body literacy, uh, learning about our bodies, you know, breast massage, yoni steaming, crystal, crystal workshops. So we had a galactic sound bath. Um, oh, I don't even remember everything. Uh, we had birth keeper workshops. Um, it was just amazing. And just an amazing experience. So my plan over the next while is to invite on some of the speakers from the workshops so that you get to experience some of their wisdom and their magic here on the podcast. Because even though you may not have gotten to go to the festival this year, I still want you to experience that magic. And I want you to receive that wisdom and carry that forward into your life. 
because that is what this chapter is about moving forward, reclaiming that wisdom as your own, bringing it forward into your life, living soul first. So if you have any questions about anything regarding the rebrand into soul first, um, what that means, if you have any questions about, you know, this episode and the earth daughters festival, I would love to answer them. You can connect with me on Instagram or Facebook. I'm definitely more active on Instagram at Anastasia Burtnick. Links are all in the show notes and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode and we are going to continue going deep and seeing what comes up. And if there is something that you want to hear, if there are questions you have about spirit, about womanhood, about the masculine, the feminine shadow work, if there's anything, if there's something on your heart, ask me, ask me and I will answer. I will do my best to support you in all the ways that I can. And if you are wanting that deeper support through healing, through coaching, you can go to my website, AnastasiaBurtnick.com. You can also just reach out to me on Instagram or Facebook um, and send me a message about working together because I can support you through healing, through coaching, or through Akashic Records readings. There's so many ways that I can support you and we can deepen your healing and everything together. So do not hesitate to reach out. I promise I am not scary. <laughs> I love you guys. You are amazing. Thank you for tuning into today's episode and for joining me on this journey. And just one other note I will leave you with. All of my episodes from the Soul Service Podcast are still going to be available on the same platform. They're not going anywhere. So all of that beautiful wisdom will stay and it's going to be available for you. And now we're just moving forward into a new chapter. All right. I love you. I love you. I love you. And I will see you on the next episode.